Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. And as we are approaching the trade deadline, we thought it was good to look at this Pacers roster and rank it 15 to 1, 15 being the least important to 1 being the most important in terms of trade value. And what was it, Fachi, that you did yours on? Untouchables. Now, untouchables. It, okay. the Pacers might not have many quote-unquote untouchables, but guys <laughs> that, you know, have value to the team. So I kind of ranked it in maybe less valuable. Gotcha. So... We did ours a little bit differently. You know, it's one thing like we do this every time we do a list. I, I'm thinking one thing in my head and it kind of comes out a different way. And then Fachi does it his way that he thinks I'm saying it. So Fachi did his in terms of untouchables. I did mine in terms of trade value. So they will be a little bit different, but we will explain ourselves for that. So Fachi, let's just get right to it. Number 15, where we're starting at. Going triple and queen. Uh, so... I got Trevor and Queen on the list. Look, hey, he Are got you starting with 17? Uh, you have 17 guys or 15? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. So that might be number 17. Because I did not put Queen or Kendall Brown in mind because they are two-way guys. But we'll just quickly. 17. All right. Okay. So I'm starting do with 17. 17 and 16 at first, and then I'll do my 15. All right. So 17, Trevor and Queen. Sorry, hey, low man on the totem pole. You know, it, it's tough out here. He's got a $1.7 million qualifying option for next year. Don't know if that'll be picked up. Maybe we'll see him have more run in the second half of the season. Number 16, Goga Pataze. I know it sounds wow. tough. I know it sounds tough. I think he's all but gone. I've even read that the Pacers and Goga's group were going to work together to find him potentially a, a, a new team. I think he's gone, and that's kind of why I have him as a uh, – very far from untouchable. That man is not coming back to Indiana next year. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll start here things off at 15. Mine is basically, I think they have the lowest trade value on the team, and that's James Johnson. Now, you might be thinking, well, James Johnson isn't really important to this Pacers team. Well, yes, he is, but his trade value is similar to a Udonis Haslam in Miami. Nobody is trading for Udonis Haslam. Nobody is like, oh, I want James Johnson to be on my team and, and help lead us to the promised land. So, you know, for me, I just feel like there's about 0% trade value for James Johnson. As much as I love what he means for this team, it's not a knock on him. It's just, you're not getting anything. You're probably giving people money to take James Johnson off your roster. That's just kind of where his value is at right now, probably. Yeah. For, for uh, number 15 on my list, I got James Johnson. Great okay. vet, 
don't see him returning to the Pacers. I mean, sure, never say never, but I think that he was an awesome veteran in a time where the Pacers needed one outside of TJ McConnell. He filled that void. I think he's been better than we could have hoped for. Contract guaranteed, but no one's trading for him, and I don't see him coming back next year. Okay, 14. This is going to be probably hard to hear, but I got Terry Taylor. Um, I like Terry Taylor. I think he's a, a fine young player that has value in the league, but he's also an expiring contract that has not seen the floor this year. I don't think there's any value right now for Terry Taylor if they were to trade him. I think looking at it like untouchables, it's different. But in terms of what his trade value is, I don't think you're getting anything back of value. You're not getting a second-round pick. He is a throw-in guy with a trade you do just to make some salaries match, if that's the case. But love Terry Taylor. Would love to see him play more, but I don't think he has much trade value at this point. Okay. Um, If I was going with the same criteria as your list, Terry Taylor would be my guy. But instead, I've flipped to Daniel Tice because we're talking about untouchables, I think that Tice does potentially have a market. If he was healthy, we know the Los Angeles Clippers are, they need a backup center. So I think that Tice could very well be flipped because he is older, doesn't fit the timeline. So when we're going through an untouchable or, you know, who could be the most, uh, you know, the least available, I think Daniel Tice would be available if healthy for the Pacers to be traded. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I think he's an interesting guy. It's hard to figure out because is his value very high right now because he's coming off that knee injury? Is he it's milking be, it a little bit? I, I don't know. He And he could be milking it to find a new home. It could be taking his time. But here's what we have. He's owed $9.1 million next year and then a team option for $9.5 million 2024, 2025. I don't think he sees a penny of that team option. But I think that if he had been healthy, I think he could have been someone the Pacers could have flipped at the deadline by also attaching a player or a pick to. I got you. I got you. Okay, so you said that was your 14 was Daniel Tice? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, for me, 13, this is where I have Goga Batadze. Like you said, the Pacers could be looking to find a new home for him. I just feel like at this point, Goga uh, amongst the league, there's probably someone that believes in Goga to a certain degree. There's probably one or two teams that maybe are like, I believe in him, but I'm not giving up anything of value because his value across the league is not very high. So I've got him at 13 just because I feel like he just hasn't been able to really see the floor for the Pacers. And this is a team that, you know, when he's played, he's had moments, but not shown enough to really get his value up higher. So that's why I have him at 13. Okay. Uh, on my list next, I got Terry Taylor. Okay. Look, non-guaranteed $1.8 million for next year. Really struggling to get minutes. I think that if a team had called about him, yes, the Pacers would, they would be willing to move him. But I think that he's making a low enough amount of money that they could stay the course, still, you know, guarantee his contract. It would be guaranteed until June. But man, the pecking order, it's unfortunate to have him this low on my list as well yeah. as yours. Yeah, it stinks because I, I didn't like doing that, but it just kind of is what it is at this point. If he had been playing more, then he'd probably be higher. Um, just be honest with you. But number 12, this is where I got Daniel Tice. Trade value-wise, like you said, I don't know what his value is right now because of the injury, but he does have some years remaining on that contract. He is a veteran that has proven he can play in a playoff game. Now, he did get pulled from the Celtics rotation as they tightened up that rotation in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the Finals, but he did play some minutes, and I think you could say, okay, he could give me two to three minutes, five minutes maybe here in a playoff game where I can trust him just to give a guy a breather. So I think there is some value out there for him, but with center the center position kind of being depreciated over um, over the league, 
I feel like that's why I just have him a little bit lower than some of the other guys, but um, not playing all year has also put a big factor in his value for me as well. Oh, of course, a, a team looking to you know take on Daniel Tice would be a team like the Clippers that has that trade exception that mm-hmm. they could put him in there, rather than a team going over the tax for a guy like Daniel Tice. But uh, next on my list, I got Kendall Brown. I got okay. Kendall Brown, and I, I'll tell you why. Look, a young player that the Pacers knew was raw. This year was not going to be the year for Kendall Brown unless things went absolutely south. He has a $1.9 million qualifying option for next year. I imagine the Pacers pick him up. I picked that that you know option up because I think in the second half of the year, he could be getting more run size-wise. He's got what you want, but he's just not there yet. So I don't think he's got trade value in the league, but I think they they want to see what they have in Kendall Brown a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, I did not have Kendall Brown on my list at all. So I've only got 15. Fox has got 17. So um, that's why his list will be longer. For me, number 11, this is where I have O'Shea Brissett. And trade value-wise, I think O'Shea probably has some value across the league because he is a wing. Now, he is known as a role-player wing. He's not a starter. Um, I think that you can look at his upside in terms of you know his ability to shoot the basketball he shot the ball decently well he has a decent rebounder first position not a great defender but he's got size I just feel like he's on an expiring contract it's not very much money and that to me is why his value is a little bit lower than some of these other guys but the position is something that's big that I think the Pacers value probably more than other teams do because they don't have anybody else like him that can kind of play that three or the four so well with size I should say because they do have other guys that play the three and the four but not with like legit size so um, give me O'Shea at 11 even though I think he's better than some players listed above him I just think his value is probably a little bit lower than them I wish I could argue but I can't I got O'Shea next on my list okay (laughs) I I love O'Shea the player the, the guy you know just everything he brings to the table but I just don't think he's really in the Pacers plans long term he's not having uh you know any sort of uh, year to write home about and compared to years of the past his numbers are down across the board they are his minutes are down his role seems to be a little bit inconsistent got a, a random spot start the other night you know I, I don't think that's that's going to continue long I don't know if we'll see him again in the starting lineup who knows but set to hit free agency I'm not sure if he comes back I think he yeah. seeks the best opportunity for him and that's probably, unfortunately, not going to be with Indiana. Especially if they address this position in the draft, and they already got Kendall Brown last year in the draft as well. It could just be like, okay, O'Shea is maybe like a fringe guy they bring back if they don't find the value they want at that position. But, yeah, that's, that'll be that'll be a tough one, Fachi. I would hate to see him go just because I do like him as a player. But moving on to my next one, I'm at number 10 for myself. I've got TJ McConnell coming in here at number 10. This is a guy that I think does have some decent trade value because he is a veteran point guard. He's got two years left on his deal, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of teams are calling the Pacers, knocking down their door for TJ McConnell. Uh, He has shot the ball better this season. Um, He's done a much better job of protecting the basketball as well. And he's someone that you would love on your team, but I just don't know what his actual value is because when you see teams guard him around the league, they're giving him a ton of space. And I think his, you know, lack of shooting, I guess you could say from that position, Fachi does devalue him a little bit, depreciate his value, but I still think he's a top 10 guy in terms of trade value, decent salary, just not somebody that I think is going to get you much back in return. 
Man, this is this is this is where the list gets tough for us because we know, you know, chances are, you know, one and two will be the same for us. But everything else from yeah. here on out could very well be flipped. I got Chris Duarte oh, right over wow. here, and I'll tell yeah. you why. Look, when you're talking about untouchables, okay, for you, for you. yeah, yeah, for me, for me, because you know I'm a rule breaker, you know. But here's the thing: with <laughs> no, Duarte, I'm just saying yours is a, yours is about untouchables. My list is is a, is a little bit different than yours. And in terms of untouchables, I do believe Chris Duarte is available. We'll never know if he was available as it related to the Phoenix Suns and DeAndre Ayton, you know, sign and trade. But I think that right now you're looking at it long term and you're probably starting to think, you know what? I just don't know if you if you give the Pacers three first round picks. I just don't know after that how Duarte is going to fit into the mix. Mm-hmm. So I think that he could very much be available for, for a team, and I, I don't think that he'll be traded at this deadline, but it wouldn't shock me if he was or if he was traded in the offseason. And the way that T.J. McConnell is playing right now, I think it is just a reminder of just how valuable he is whenever you need him. That guy is ready on any given night. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I like Chris Duarte. I, th- I have him a little bit higher, Pacha, and I'll explain okay. when I get there, but... Um, I'm going to keep it moving. Number nine for me, I've got Jalen Smith. Okay. This is a guy that signed a three-year deal with us. I believe the third year is a team option, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. Very team-friendly deal. I think that that does have some value to it. But at this point, he's already lost starting position. His numbers have dipped from last season. It's not been the magical ride that we had last year. So I think for Jalen Smith, he is showing to be a backup Big man. That's what he looks like in the league right now throughout his first two and a half seasons. The Suns would not play him in the playoffs. I mean, they were playing Frank the Tank Kaminsky over him against the Bucks, right? I mean, this is a guy they invested the 10th overall pick in instead of drafting Tyrese Halliburton. So you have to realize, though, he is a former lottery pick, so there is going to be some value in that. I think there's teams that probably still believe in him. There were teams that had interest in him, and he declined those offers and chose the Pacers in the offseason for less money. So Give him credit there, but I just feel like trade value-wise, I think he's kind of depreciated his value just a little bit by regressing this season with this Pacers team. So um, losing a starting spot didn't help either, so that's why I have him there. Don't think he's really untouchable either, Fachi. I think you know maybe for this season you don't trade him because he didn't re-sign with you, but in my opinion, I just think trade value-wise, he's got less trade value than some of the other guys on the team. Now, his value is most definitely... uh... It, it's sinking a bit. I mean, yeah. there's been a couple of did not play coach decisions that each time I see that I go, oof, there's no way that could be sitting well with him because this is not what he expected when he re-signed with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. But for, for next on my list, I got TJ McConnell. Okay. All right. Um, For McConnell, I, I think he's, he's really stepped it up lately. I think I mentioned that he's always ready, but $8.7 million next season, only about 5 million guaranteed the following. I think that McConnell does have, he could have suitors. There are teams that are looking for backup guards. Another team that I mentioned before, Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, right now they're going through a situation where they're still looking for their backup point guard. I think that McConnell definitely, I can't say definitely, McConnell makes it through this year. (laughs) But I think that his contract come the offseason where only $5 million is guaranteed for 2024, 2025, I think is going to be really appealing for any team to make a run. Because McConnell provides so much that won't show up on a box a box score that 
you know, there, there's going to be suitors for him. So yeah. that's why I have him as potentially being available and not as untouchable as maybe, you know, in years past. Yeah, I think he would be more untouchable than some of the guys just because I know how much Rick Carlisle likes him and values he, what he brings. So, mm-hmm. you know, untouchable versus trade value is a totally different thing. And if yeah. he was more untouchable, he probably would have been higher than 10 for me. So I'm going to go number eight here for me. I've got Isaiah Jackson, the pogo stick is what I call, like I call him. And I just feel like trade value-wise, he is a, a first-round pick. He's still on that rookie deal. I think he's shown a ton of defensive upside with his ability to block shots. When he's been able to play more, you can kind of see where he can be an impactful rebounder. So, you know, decent rebounder, good shot blocker. Now, still fouls a lot, doesn't have an outside shot. But I still believe that Isaiah Jackson has good trade value. It's just because he's not a shooter, I think that's a big thing. And because he gets unvouchable a lot, he's just he's just a young big. He's a young big that's not getting enough experience probably because he's playing behind Miles Turner. And now Jalen Smith, who's probably, you know, getting more minutes. And they've been, they've been going back and forth. It looks like in the rotation with how they're being utilized, but you know, he was, he was pulled there for a while and the Pacers went on a nice run when he got pulled. So the only reason I have him above Jalen Smith is just because he's still on that rookie deal. And I think that's, that's big in terms of what you're looking forward, uh, looking for when you're making a trade like this, just because with Jalen already being on that team friendly deal, it's, it's inexpensive, but you can't keep him long-term in case he pans out to be something. Yeah, I mean, next on my list, I got Jalen Smith. Just okay. when you went through, it, it was hard for me to, you know, bite my bite my tongue over there. But I, I wish you'd be higher on the list. This year's it's just been flat out disappointing. It really has. He's due five million dollars next year, which is such a team friendly deal. It, it's awesome. It's not like he's holding down the you know the books or anything. And then five point four million dollar player option in 2024-2025. I think that Jalen Smith could be had. In, in, in a deal if it makes sense for the Pacers, but I think it would be in bad faith this year for them to just kind of dump him by any means. Uh, yeah. because he did, he did choose us in, in a time where he claimed that he did turn down more money. We still never heard who those teams were, which is a little bit surprising by now. I think they would have gotten out, but that, that that's what, that's what they say. Um, man, I, I don't know what his trade value would be at this point. I don't think it would make any sense, but in terms of an untouchable, like, category i i think that he's very in the middle where he could be had yeah. for the right price for sure i i agree with that don't need to rehash that too much um my next one here number seven this is where i've got chris duarte who you had a little bit lower yes and the reason i have chris duarte just a little bit higher in terms of trade value is because he can shoot the basketball and he can play defense and he's on his rookie contract yes he is 25 years old Fachi. He is a very old sophomore in terms of, you know, sophomores being 25 years old. It's just kind of funny to say that. Uh, But I think he does have value across the league just because of his ability to shoot the basketball and play defense. So not much else to say there. I just, he's got more value in my opinion than the Isaiah Jacksons, the Jalen Smiths, the the TJ McConnells. Maybe he's not in the same pecking order right now, but you know, even, even in a struggling stretch for him, able to break out of it, get was it 20 plus points against the the, the Grizzlies last Saturday mm-hmm. and then he had a nice game against the Nuggets on Friday night um over the weekend so yeah I, I feel like Chris Duarte there's still good basketball left in him he's just dealt with some injuries but there's a reason why Joe Lakeup slammed the table when the Pacers drafted him I still believe that there's a lot of people that like what he can potentially become in the league so that's why I just had to put him up there a little bit higher in terms of his actual trade value 
Man, the table slam heard around the world. I want to know how many years that we're going to be able to hold on to that. Like, <laughs> hey, it's going to be five years. Joe Lacob slammed the table. You know, Dominican in, clay, baby. <laughs> yep, that's that is what they say. I I, I miss it. I want to see it again. And and he he has looked better recently. Um, next on my list, and it sounds like someone you got higher, but Aaron Neesmith. Look, okay. I, I like Neesmith. Neesmith. I, I think that he's come a long way, and and. This year has been really promising. The play without Halliburton has been rough, but you want to just kind of throw that out the window because I, I think he's someone that does so much better when a true point guard can find him. He's got $5.6 million next year, plus a $7.8 million qualifying offer in 2024-2025. I think that right now the, the Pacers should continue to develop him. Don't put him in any type of trade package because he's done the dirty work for us on a team that lacks you know, true wings. I think that Neesmith's done the best that he possibly can, drawing a lot of tough defensive matchups. I, I've been encouraged with what I saw. I think the Pacers should not be in any type of rush to move on from him because I think he can continuously get better from here on out. I totally agree, Fachi. That's why I have him at number six. Ooh, okay. Didn't have him much higher than you, just one spot higher. And the main reason why is because he's been so good defensively for this mm-hmm. team. Yep. Love what you said about the dirty work. There's no doubt about that. I think he fits in well with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I think he's missing Tyrese Halliburton creating open looks for him because when he's been open from three, it feels like that shot's been going in more than it hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. He's shooting a good percentage when Halliburton's been playing with him. So, yeah, I just I like Aaron Neesmith. I, I I was not in love with him at the beginning of the season. I mean, you both had a very hate relationship with him, not very much love, and then he just flipped the switch and he got sick. I think it was, or did he get hurt? I this whole season just coming sick. to blur. He was yeah. sick, sick, missed a game, and it just kind of felt like. Okay, what are they going to do without him? I think he might have missed two games, I'm not mistaken, but yeah, um, maybe two. yeah, it was two games. So, you know, he missed two games, he comes back, and he just didn't look the same. But a lot of that's just because there's a lot of negative vibes with this team right now. I just think that losing is contagious, and sometimes you can get that negative mentality in there. But, no, I think he really stepped up in the month of December and showcased what he could do. I think you're going to have to pay him next year um, in, in the offseason in 2024 because he will be a restricted free – no, yeah, restricted free yep. agent the same year as Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Smith, but obviously Jalen Smith uh, already had that pass because the, the Suns didn't pick up his qualifying offers and all that. But, you know, same draft is what I'm trying to say there. But love Aaron Neesmith and what he's brought to the table defensively. I think offensively there's still a little bit more to be desired. Don't know if he's a long-term starter, Pachi, but yep. – I don't think so. With, with this roster right now, I think he's just got a little bit more value because of that that dog that he plays with, right? That dirty, uh, that dirty work kind of guy. The Pacers lack enough dogs, so when you have one, that guy's got to be in the dogs. Line. Exactly. I mean, that's all. <laughs> you can't just say, "Yeah, he's a dog." You know, dogs. you got that's a dog right there. Oh, right there. He is, and that's why he's in that starting lineup. <laughs> when on other teams, you know, if they if they have you know more dogs, then he's probably not going to be in that starting <laughs> five. But right. next on my list, and this this is where it goes by the criteria of untouchable or not. I have Miles Turner. Okay. Because I'll tell you why. Look, if re-signing him is your number one priority, and that is what you intend to do no matter what, then he should be higher on this list. But right now, it fe- the Pacers back against the wall as we're recording this 18 days until the NBA trade deadline. You got to make a decision. You got to make a decision quick. And yeah. right now, I-, I feel like if it ain't looking good that you're going to resign Turner, I do think that he will be available. I don't see the Pacers riding this into the offseason. I see them making their decision over the next three weeks. That's why I got him at number four. Number four. 
Where'd you miss two, some people? He's number five. Okay. I had Neesmith six. Okay. For me at number five, this is where I got Buddy Healed. Okay. Um, Buddy Hill to me is someone that I think could get you a first round pick because of his shooting, but big caveat here, it won't be a good first round pick. It's going to be a late first round pick. I think um, he does have a lot of value though, in terms of people wanting a shooter. So I think there could be suitors out there for him. And when you guys, when you were talking with Scott, over, refresh my memory, did he say anything about uh, there being any value out there for Buddy Healed on the market? It basically, from the vibe, I remember it being that it sounds like the Pacers really aren't shopping Buddy okay. right now. So it, it feels that he's very uh, very unlikely to be moved at the trade deadline while the man is leading the NBA in threes. It yeah. seems like the Pacers are, are, are very happy with Buddy Hill right now. I want to hold on to him. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think Rick Carlisle is a huge fan of him. He's a huge fan of Rick Carlisle. Big, you know, big relationship right there with him and Tyrese as well. Can't mess that up. So for me, I just had Buddy at five. You can trade him. I think you can get something decent back for him. Probably going to get more back than what you got from the other players because there's a larger sample size of it. And I think that he's a good player, Fachi. Don't necessarily think that he's an untouchable for me, but I think his trade value is a little bit higher. His trade value is definitely higher. I I really think that the Pacers could 110% get a first-round pick for Buddy who's under contract next year. $18.5 million is... A great value for a guy who's bringing to the table what Buddy is. A starting um, shooting guard that's leading the NBA in threes. I mean, that's pretty good. Exactly. So um, the value's there. And when, you, when you're talking about untouchables, I have Buddy Heald next on my list okay. because of that reason. Look, here's why I got him over there. $18.5 million remaining next season. You don't need to be in a rush to, to trade him, just to trade him. The chemistry with Tyrese Halliburton is as real as it gets. And the man is one of the underrated three-point shooters of the last decade. I mean, since since Buddy Heald has entered the league, he has been an elite three-point shooter. I don't think he's ever really gotten that credit. And I think that his fit with the Pacers has been awesome. Yeah. No, you're right, Pachi. And I mean, I already said what I need to say about Buddy, so we'll keep it moving. I'm going to go to Miles Turner here at number four. Miles Turner is a guy that, if he were extended, he probably is higher on this list, Pachi, like you said. But... With him being an expiring contract, there was that. I, I talked about it on the last episode. You know, Michael Scotto, that little clip that got teased on Twitter by the trade deadline. One of the things they talked about, Michael Scotto, that is, said the, the Pacers might not get a first round pick for him. Strongly disagree with that. Um, Strongly disagree I, for the record. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I love Scotto. I, I always respect what he has to say. And I understand like the logic of it because Pacers' hands could be forced, but I think. At this point, somebody is going to give him a first-round pick for Miles Turner because I think Miles Turner brings that much value. I mean, he's a starting center that leads like one of the best shot blockers in the league, if not the best, shooting over 40% from three. Like The guy has been lights out. Now, he's not been playing as great without Halliburton, but he's still playing good basketball, and I think get him on the right team, the right situation, he can make a drastic difference. Now, a team that I don't really like anything they can give back, but the Clippers is a team that's been rumored to have interest in Miles Turner. You put Miles Turner on that team? Oh, my gosh. I, lo- I like Zubach, but I think Turner gives them a totally different element to how they can play basketball. Uh, the, I think defensively he's much better than Zubach, can move a lot better. I mean, I I just think Turner at this point, the only reason he's not higher, like I said, is because he's on an expiring and because the other three players are on rookie deal still. 
I'm with you. Look, I, when Scott, I was talking, I didn't want to cut him off. The Pacers are a most definitely able to get a first round pick for Turner. Um, I, I think that yes, there's going to be teams waiting for him to hit free agency because then they don't have to pay up anything. And maybe Turner, that's his fully his plans. I'm hitting free agency no matter what. I don't know, but if the Pacers were only offered a second round pick or two second round picks, the Pacers have until I think it's March 10th or March 1st. I believe it's March 1st to work out an extension with Turner. So that buys you about an extra three weeks right over there. The Pacers aren't in a need of another second round pick. So I'm with you over there. He is absolutely deserving of a first round pick. If not more, he's worthy of that. I think the Pacers can accomplish that if they do look to trade Turner, but Next number, on my, number three, who you got over there? So my math is all over the place. This is number four for me. I don't know where. What we're the at. heck is wrong with you? I, I don't know how it is. Here's what we got, and maybe I catch some heat for this. I got Isaiah Jackson over here, and I'll okay. tell you why. I'll okay. tell you why. So I I Jacks at four. You need way, to start numbering your list. Way higher than than where you got him. But here's <laughs> the thing: we always knew he was going to be a project. Always, I remember the days out where they said he might not even really play his rookie year. And he ended up getting out there. The Pacers went a different direction, and he, he was ahead of schedule. He has not taken those steps forward in year two that any of us wanted or hoped that he would, but he's under contract for the next few years. I mean, we're talking about $2.6 million next year, $4.4 million the following, then a qualifying uh, offer of $6.4 million. The Pacers don't need to rush him. He's only 21 years old. He's got time. He just turned 21, by the way, January 10th. So he's young. He's and I feel young. They, they need to just stay the course with Ajax and, and, and not rush because what's his value right now? It's not high. Don't make a move for him. Hold on to him. Develop him. That's why I had him lower because I was doing more trade value. Now, if mm -hmm. we're talking yep. untouchables and building with the future, then yes, he would have been higher than – a good amount of the guys on the list. So, like, I don't have any problem with you having them at four. I think that's fine. At number three, I think we're going to have the same top three, would be my guess. Andrew Nimhard, number three for me. Yep. Is that who you have at number three? That it is. Okay. So, let's just talk about it here. Obviously, Andrew Nimhard just signed a four-year, you know, rookie deal with the Pacers, the 31st pick in the draft. So, they're able to do a four-year deal instead of, like, a two-plus-two. So, under contract, really good money. He's a starter-level player. Was shooting over 35% the last time I checked. He's probably dipped a little bit, I think. But, you know, he's going through a little bit of a slump. He's gotten gotten sick over this week of this playing without Halliburton type thing. So I would just say this. Andrew Nimhard has exceeded expectations this year. I think he is probably a very valuable piece to this Pacers team moving forward. And I think teams would probably look at the Pacers and say, man, Andrew Nimhard could be the next Jalen Brunson can we get our hands on him and trade for him early? And I think that's why his value has to be semi-high. Maybe not the same player as Brunson, maybe not the same value as Brunson, but a similar situation. Definitely a similar situation. And, and look, honestly, Jalen Brunson, good player coming out of college. I believe he was actually uh, in the National Players of the Year. Um, but he, he was, you know, he had been in college for a while. But his rookie year, 9.3 points, you know, 3.2 assists. I, I think his numbers are very comparable to Andrew Nemhart. Um, for Nemhard, why I have him at number three on my list, he's already surpassed all expectations. He's under contract for three more years at basically $2 million per year. That is as good as it gets for value. Mm -hmm. I think he has value around the league because I do think that he'll be an all-rookie second-team player. I think that, you know, 
first team might be a little bit of a stretch, but given where he was drafted, to be able to make all-rookie second team is very impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. The coaching staff loves him. I'm waiting for another guest to come on our show and say, you know, Rick Carlisle said if they did a redraft, he'd be top 10. Everyone's saying it. Um, but that just shows how much they value him. So them hard 100% has to be looked at at a core piece of this Pacers team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's been so good defensively defensively for them, too. I think you can honestly say, I mean, maybe it's maybe you think Neesmith is a better defender, but I feel like Nimhard's a better defender than Neesmith. One reason why, look who gets in foul trouble almost every single game, it's a good Aaron Neesmith. And, and, and Nimhard does a really good job of playing defense without fouling. Now, there's been a few games where he has gotten in foul trouble, but I feel like Neesmith is always going to the bench early because he can't have foul trouble. And he's just looking at the bench like, what am I supposed to do? And it's just like, just don't be so aggressive sometimes, like, be aggressive, but also know how to channel it a little bit. But uh, that aggressiveness is what makes Aaron Smith who he is. So um, Andrew Nimbar, number three for both of us. Number two, let's say it in unison on three. One, two, three. Benedict, Benedict Matherin. Okay, there we yep. go. Talk, talk to me, Fachi. I mean, what is there not to like? And many, many teams around the league, Matherin would be number one. That's how blessed we are on this Pacers team. But the, the sixth <laughs> overall pick, we it. went through the sixth overall pick before. It's a hit or miss type of pick in the NBA. And Matherin has hit this one out of the park. He's the best Pacers rookie we've seen in our lifetime. And I really think he's just scratching the surface. He's already what I feel like showing elite scoring potential in this league. Just wait until he develops the rest of his game until, you know, his body continues to fill out, puts on more size. I think the sky is the limit for a guy like Benedict Matherin. Totally agree, Fachi. Benedict Matherin, potential rookie of the year? Probably not. Potential six man of the year? Now that's more for debate, in my opinion. He's been awesome all season long. He's growing. He's learning. He's getting better. Loved what he had to say on the J.J. Reddick podcast on the Old Man of the Three, just talking about how Rick Carlisle told him, your offense is great. You know, you got you can do some things offensively, but the best players in the league are two-way players. And I think because he's not there yet at all, he's got a long way to go defensively. But I love that that mentality is being preached to him already at a young age, that it's going to be something he works on, Fachi. So for me, I've got Benedict Mather number two just because – the ceiling, I don't know if it's I don't know if anybody can have a higher ceiling than Tyrese Halliburton right now, but the way he's playing. But right now, it's uh, you know, Benedict Mather, maybe in like th- two or three years, he makes some massive steps and he becomes the number one and Halliburton becomes like the one one B and Mather becomes one A. But right now, <laughs> after losing so many games without Halliburton, it makes it pretty obvious who number one is, and that's the face of the franchise the guy that everybody loves and should be an all-star Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, it's gotta be Tyrese Halliburton is, I mean, another guy that surpassed all expectations, but he is the guy that I hoped would take, would catch the attention of the rest of the league and make them pay attention to the Indiana Pacers. Halliburton has been everything and more on the court. You're, You're getting everything you could have ever desired in a true point guard. Who's not only leading the NBA in assists, he's given you 20 points per game on efficient shooting, 48% from the field, 40% from three off the court. The guy's a model citizen. I mean, he, he's he got the, 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 the players bought in. He's supporting the local community. He's not someone that you ever have to worry about getting in trouble or, or giving, you know, giving a, you know, a black eye to the franchise that could potentially in years past or for other organizations. He is everything that you could possibly ever want in a franchise player, 
and he's getting better. A guy who's 22 years old, that in my opinion, he, he's another one scratching the surface. How crazy is that to say that Tyrese Halberton year three might just be scratching the surface, but that is truly where we're at. I do think that he'll grow as a defender. I think he's taken some steps forward with that. But man, what is there not to like about Tyrese Halliburton? I don't want on my scale of untouchable. I don't know a single offer that I could. I would say yes. Let's move Tyrese Halliburton on. He's that good and that promising for our Pacers. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about Tyrese Halliburton is seeing him in, uh, not in the uniform. I hate That's seeing it. him in street clothes. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm glad that he's going to be able to come back healthy. Looks like at the beginning of February, we'll see when that actually happens. If it's against the Lakers, if it's back against the Kings, which would be a fun game for him to return on just because Sacramento being the team that traded him. But, you know, there's just a lot of chemistry or a lot of history there, excuse me. And I just feel like, you know, the Pacers have their franchise, Fachi. They finally found the face of their franchise. He's been the closer for him this year. We really saw him step up in December and be that guy. And you live or die with Tyrese Halliburton. Whatever he decides in those last moments, you trust that. I would trust that a thousand times more than Buddy Heald getting a last-second shot because when Buddy Heald gets a last-second shot, it feels like he's just throwing it up at the backboard without even taking a good shot. Like that game against the Suns, it was just a terrible-looking shot. Like he didn't even gather himself or anything. I'm like, okay. Uh, And obviously the one against the Sixers, we've already kind of rehashed that. That was rough. He just kind of threw it up there, was afraid of getting fouled. And I think they actually went back and said in the last two minute report that it was a foul. So, you know, uh, whatever. Hey, but yeah, I just, what are you going to do? Halliburton is the guy. He's the face of the franchise, Fachi. There's no doubt about it. So, um, you did 17 guys. I did 15 guys. This was a fun exercise to do. I'm curious to see what other people say. I've seen some people on Twitter already saying like the most untouchable are the top three that we mentioned as well. So, if you disagree with our top three, we'd love to hear your top three. Um, if there's somebody you think that we had too low, let us know. Too high, let us know. But Fachi, let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. Alex, tell them where the- they can check us out on YouTube. <laughs> Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast. Subscribe. Let us know what you think in the comments section of our videos. But with that being said, Faji, if you're excited that the trade deadline is almost here, we're going to finally get some answers to what this Pacers roster is going to look like. Then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We going to need a mop. Smooth. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.